When we think of the future of leadership in sales, what, or rather who, do we see? Women in Sales Everywhere and Sales Loft have teamed up to answer this question, and let me assure you, there's no doubt that the future is female. I'm Sydney Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer at Sales Loft. And I'm Alex Adamson, Executive Director of Women in Sales Everywhere. We'll be sitting down with each outstanding female leader on our inaugural Future Female CROs list to discuss everything from their sales philosophies to how they keep their lives organized to how they unwind after a breakneck day. Together, we'll dig into exactly what makes each of these women so extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Greetings and good day. My name is Sydney Sloan, and I have the good fortune to be the CMO at Sales Loft. Today, I'm speaking with Lauren Lynch, the intuitive initiator, as she was deemed in the most recent Wise and Sales Loft Future Female CROs list. Lauren is currently a director of sales at Rapid7, and she is quoted as being passionate about creating that sales culture that helps her teams exceed revenue results by finding new and creative ways to go to market, and as we all try to do, create those long-lasting customer relationships. She leads with the knowledge that this type of successful and results-driven culture can only be achieved when you focus on greatness at an individual level. I can't wait to talk about that. Today, we're going to talk about building great teams, maximizing potential, providing career growth opportunities, and how to create future leaders. Because we know in order to become a leader ourselves, we have to build that crew of leaders around us so we can all rise together. And so before we start on the questions, Lauren, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm uh, really excited to be here. So thanks for having me, Sydney. Um, so a little bit about me. I grew up in Michigan. Uh, I went to school on the West Coast in uh, in Arizona, actually, and then lived in California for a couple of years. And now I live in Boston. So I, I bring that up because I've experienced a lot of different places to live, met a lot of really interesting people. Those are actually a lot of things that I think help me out uh, with managing quite a few different territories and, and things like that. So I've, I've had the opportunity to to live in a couple of different places and, and work in a few com- companies as well to uh, work with other teams in, in all of those areas. A little bit more about me, like for fun, I love to travel, uh, which has been really tough this last year, but is something I'm excited to get back to in 2021. Um, I love cooking, spending time with my friends and my family. That's probably a, a good start. Now that you have all this time or um, when you're thinking back, what are some of your favorite books or podcasts that you go to to get inspiration? Sales specific podcasts. I really like the advanced selling podcast. It's like a 15 to 20 minute episode and it's just good little nuggets like to start your week with if you just need a new idea of like, hey, how to prospect into accounts or how to uh, position against competitors. I just They have really solid topics. And as a salesperson who wants to do things really fast and learn things really fast, it's nice to have something that's quick and easy and it gets to the point. Another one that I like for more like inspiration is the NPR How I Built This podcast. They have a lot of entrepreneurs that come on and talk about how they built their business from nothing. And these are like massive brands. They've had the, like companies like Instagram, the founders of that on there. They've had the woman who created the Spanx brand, uh, Kendra Scott, who created like a jewelry brand from her kitchen table. Just really, really interesting people that were kind of ordinary, if you will, that were able to create something out of nothing. So that gives me a lot of inspiration. And then uh, your question around books. Currently, I've been reading the Sales Differentiation by Lee Sells, which is a recommendation I got from Advanced Selling Podcast. 
that has been a game changer in how I'm thinking about how we differentiate ourselves at Rapid7, but then also how I'm teaching my teams how to differentiate themselves in the sales process. Awesome. Some great advice there. We will definitely summarize those in the in the key takeaways as well. So it's easy to reference. The other question we always like to ask is, what was your first job in sales? How'd you get started? My very, very first, it was like an internship where I was doing some pretty light selling with this company that I was interning with, like just doing some some cold calling and then also worked their like trade show booths and things like that. And that got me actually out there talking to people. And then I, my first real, real job though, was cold calling door to door business to business sales for a logistics provider. So I took some of the people skills that I created at uh, my first role and was able to test those out, actually having to knock door to door, trying to see if I could help improve people's shipping process, which was an interesting first gig to, to say the least kind of looking back at where you've come from, when you're thinking about forward, what does success look like to you? I love being a leader. I love having teams and really working with people to identify like what is their growth potential. And so something for me like success down the line is just doing more of that. How do I have bigger teams that I'm managing? How am I working with more people? Like doing a a CRO role is obviously something that I would love to find myself in in the next couple of years. Ultimately, my end goal would be to run my own business or to be at a CEO of a company. Just think getting to work with all different lines of the business to create one great cohesive product and story and message and deliver something really powerful to customers is is something that excites me. And getting to create a really powerful team around me is also really exciting of people I can learn from and, and grow with as well. Um, and you have a background, your family has a background in entrepreneur, entrepreneurism? Like my dad um, was a business owner. Um, a couple of my uncles and aunts are business owners. So I've seen people take take an idea and turn that into a really successful business and livelihood for themselves and their families. And that I have gone the more traditional corporate route, whereas some of my aunts and uncles and dad were at my age already like owning their own business. So I'm taking a little bit of a different path, but that same entrepreneurial spirit is definitely within me. It's interesting. I was doing a little bit of research um, on you before. I think I said politely stalking you. (laughs) And so what I noticed was we share a bit of a background in starting our careers. And I've always carried that understanding of how to create a plan and execute it the concepts of multitasking as just hallmark skills, right? Work back schedules, negotiation, contracts management, those things that maybe we took for granted in our earlier experiences. How had those experiences in those first kind of jobs helped you understand your current role better? Or what are those skills that you took from that that you've been able to leverage? This is something I probably learned more on in the past year than I ever had early on in my career is really time management in the sense of like, what is actually important? Something I've talked with my team about, this is a few years ago, like I read something around like focusing on the ones versus the zeros, like being very binary with your thinking that like, is this a one? Is this advancing what I'm trying to do? Or is this a zero? This is detracting. This is taking away from my goal and focusing on those ones. And that's really hard as a leader, as a woman, like we want to do everything. We want to do it now. And you realize like, I'm actually not that effective when I'm trying to be the the jack of all trades and master of none. So I've 
been working both internally and even with a couple of the folks that I that that work for me of how do we really prioritize like how does this impact our business how does this impact our team and how does this impact our own development and if we can't say that it impacts one of those it's not to say we're not going to do it but that's going to be something that's going to be a priority 2a or whatever it is just move it down the list a little bit especially in this COVID world where I, we're home, I feel like we're working more than ever. You start to do a lot of things at the end of the day and you're like, I have a list that's longer than it was yesterday. I am really hyper, hyper aware and focused on that more so than I ever am in my career. And I'm curious how you, how you empower your teams to do that. I think that is one of the hallmark parts of leadership is there's always going to be too much to do and not enough time. And so the, how do you prioritize and empower and delegate all incredibly important skills as a leader? So when you're doing that process, is that, do you include delegation as part of that or empowerment? Like how, how do you translate that down through your team? It's both both delegation and empowerment because part of my role as a leader at the manager level, they say like one of your things you should be doing is removing roadblocks for people. And like that's something I focused on a lot when I was just a frontline manager. And now I'm having to teach other managers to do that. That like, you know, you need to be cross-functional with people. You need to meet with other people around the business to help not necessarily delegate, but like, hey, in legal, could you guys help us shorten our contract time by doing X, Y, and Z? Or in customer success, could you guys maybe handle more of this post-sales activity because we need to be doing more of the frontline selling? Like it just, how do you leverage those around you that have the skills to do it and be okay with relinquishing some of that control to people that are, are capable of helping with those things? As I've seen a lot of CROs in position, you realize that your time is less spent selling and working with clients and more about aligning the organization to support the revenue team or the customer needs because you're you do own those relationships with customers. And so it, it's a completely different skill set than maybe a salesperson has come up through the ranks kind of thinking back on your career starting in cold calling, but do you think that sellers should have this experience, be it door to door, you know, the very unique of that or being an SDR? Is that a rite of passage now? I think it is because if you, you're in a sales leadership role and you haven't actually been in the trenches doing some of that, I just think it's harder to get the buy-in from your team, number one, but then also to really have like the empathy with your team of like, I know what you're going through. I know that this is tough. And like, you know, I'm going to push you. I'm going to ask for us to be finding more pipeline, to be closing more deals. But I also know at the end of the day, like, cause I've done this before too, this is a hard job. And there's some days where you're getting a lot more no's than you're getting yeses. And that stinks. Like it's, it's tough, but but I do think what you learn in that is like how to overcome those objection, objections, how to get more resilient with this, and also how to really like normalize some of the roller coaster that sales is. Is like you're going to have some high highs and some low lows, but as long as you don't ever let the highs become too high or the lows too low and you keep yourself even keeled, it's going to be a lot more uh, of an enjoyable journey for you. And those are a lot of skills that I learned do you have a manager or a coach or managers and coaches that have kind of helped guide you in your career? And what have been some of their key advice that stuck with you? Yeah, I had a um, a manager actually early on at Rapid7 that was really good about like celebrating the wins and allowing us to to live in that win for a little bit longer than just a quick boom, you close the deal. Great job, Lauren. And on to the next one. Like he celebrated the win, 
but also took the time when there were the losses to help instead of like, you know, Lauren, you probably should have done X, Y, and Z better and kind of like come down on you really hard about that. It's like, hey, let's take a step back. What exactly went wrong here? Let's work through this versus you lost and you no longer know how to do discovery and you can't qualify. Like all those things that I think some sales managers get a bad rap for. I was lucky that I had somebody early on in my career that was a really good example of how to keep that even keeled spirit. So that was something like I really wanted to emulate because I really respected the way he did that. If someone were to describe you, how would you want them to describe you? If someone that's worked on your team and then a peer, if that would be different? Yeah, I don't think it would be that different of how I'd want people to describe me. I think that I'm very vulnerable in a lot of ways with my team. Like I definitely want to acknowledge if, you know, maybe there's areas that I think I can be doing better because I want to create an environment that they feel that we can make mistakes together. We can have wins together. Like nobody is perfect. We're all on this journey of getting better. So I think that type of thing is is definitely something I'd want people to to say about me if, if they were um, talking to their peers or another team about me. And the same thing goes with with people that I that I work alongside of in my peers. I want them to know like I'm in it with them as well. And I want us to like come together as a team to make big changes and big impact in our organization. Um, I'm definitely not shy. I'm not afraid to raise my hand if I have ideas or if I think that there's ways for us to improve our business. I also want to do that in a way that's respectful and tactful and getting people to come with me on that journey versus this is exactly how we have to do it. And you have to do it this way now. I'm loving what I'm seeing in terms of the the change in the, the workforce where vulnerability is encouraged. And you would think that that is a, a you, that women have a, a bit of an advantage there in terms of kind of being able to be vulnerable. But yet I've heard, you know, some women also being afraid to be vulnerable, to show weakness you encourage it that was emulated by a manager? Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily like encouraging to show weakness, but that like, you're not helping yourself by pretending that you have all the answers for every single thing every time. I, I can't remember who said this, but like, if you're the smartest person in the room, like get out of that room. And, and also nobody wants to be in the room with somebody who thinks they know every single thing and can't learn or grow. And something at Rapid7, we talk a lot about like the concept of continuous learning and like this never done mentality of like, I can get better. And just because I've maybe hit this plateau or not plateau, but hit this next step in my journey, doesn't mean I plateau there. And that's like all I'm going to do. Like I'm going to keep getting better and better. And I didn't mean to say that vulnerability was weakness. That That is absolutely the op- opposite. Like I, I'm a Brene Brown fan, you know, and vulnerability is power. And, you know, even if you're reading like the Patrick Lencioni books, what we know is when you're vulnerable, that is where trust gets created. And that's the most powerful foundation for any team. And what I've noticed too, which is really interesting is wherever you set the bar in being vulnerable, this is something you can learn. When you set the bar at how open and transparent and vulnerable you are, it allows everybody else around you to feel comfortable. And then they share, and that's how those trust bonds are built. And when you do that, like that team dynamic is incredible. The question I have for that is, you know, because teams change, right? And so thinking back on maybe some of some teams that you've formed and like, how do you continue to reform teams to keep that trust and relationship there? Yeah, it is a lot on like how authentically you believe in those types of things and how you live those. Because like every manager can have a meeting where they say, you know, 
hey guys, here's here's a quote or here's an idea of what I think we should do this week. And then if you're not living that day in and day out, people just forget it because it's just another thing that they heard in a meeting. We did a like a kickoff at the beginning of the year and listening to all of my team's presentations of how they were motivated, like what they were excited about from this year, what they want to achieve personally and professionally, what about our team motivated them was such an awesome exercise to listen through. And it was just like a breath of fresh air of like, okay, like I have created a team that is so on the same page with this because we're all talking about these things day in and day out, living and breathing, the fact that we all want to get better, the fact that we love learning from each other and that like we want to be the best that we can be and we feel like we have this opportunity. The teams that I've been managing since I came back to Rapid7 about three and a half years ago, that is the exact same themes that we've had all the way through. And we don't have all of the same people. Like We have a few of the same people, but we've kept that same culture and spirit going within my teams. Yeah, I've, I've learned that whenever there's a new person on the team, the team has to reform. And just creating the time and space for allowing that to happen is such an important investment to make and, and never to forget. It, as soon as you forget, you kind of start to see the it start to pull apart. And so prioritizing that. You also talk about being a continuous learner. And you mentioned that a couple of times already. We have this saying that you want to learn ahead of the pace of your own experience, which is super important, especially when you're in rapidly growing companies. So how do you, with all the things that you've got to do, how do you prioritize your personal learning and development? Yeah. So a lot of like the, even the podcast that I was mentioning is not really like a podcast that a sales leader, like you can definitely get value out of it, but it's not as geared towards sales leaders or sales managers. It's more like people on the ground. And I feel like as somebody who hasn't personally quote unquote carried a bag for a little over five years now, I mean, my reps are teaching me things all the time of like this new way to like source into accounts using LinkedIn, this new like my, my reps have been doing a lot of like the video recordings. Like that's not something that was around when I was was prospecting in the beginning. So like trying to listen to the the podcast that they're listening to, trying to understand what are the things that they're doing so that if I go to another company tomorrow and I'm managing a brand new team, I know at least what people are like working on and kind of what the new trends are in terms of prospecting and deal management and things like that. So that's like one thing that I do to to stay on top of what's going on in the market from like a seller's perspective. But then some of these things that I'm investing in, in terms of like the, the, how I built this podcast, those types of things where it's like, how do I get more big picture on stuff? That's an area for me that I need to get, you know, continue to get better at the more I grow in my career. And Continuous learning is something like I genuinely find it enjoyable. I'm a big reader. So it's not like a, oh boy, here we go. Like I got to dedicate 30 minutes to learning. Like I genuinely really enjoy it. So it's it's not something that's too taxing for me. Being inspired, learning, bringing in new ideas, always having to change and adapt. I think, especially now, the sales world is transforming. And as soon as you figure out it's going to change again, because somebody else is going to innovate. And that's an exciting place to be. When you talked about at the very beginning, what success looks like for you, kind of what's next? Like, how do you see the path to what your ultimate goal is? How are you, how are you setting up your personal development to continue to make the strides to achieving your goal? Yeah. So I've identified some areas within my own company now that like are a next step for me and, and working with my 
leader to understand like, what are the steps that I can take to get to that next level? What's the development plan look like for me to get there? I also, as part of the kickoff that I did with my team, I shared with them, hey guys, this is what I want by the end of the year in terms of a promotion and um, what's the next step for me. And everybody knows like on my team, like what I'm working towards, because I know what they're working on and that that helps us to keep uh, each other accountable. So so I've, I've called out some things within my job now. And then I think it's also as a, a sales leader, like keeping your eye on the, the market and the pulse of like what other opportunities will exist in a couple of years from now, because not everybody is at their company forever. So just continue to network with people, see what opportunities are out there. I think like the opportunity to build something again at a small company is something I'd love to try down the line again. I'm having a great time doing what I'm doing now, but there's, who knows, things can change and there's other opportunities there too. I agree. And I think I'm mentoring a couple of folks and one of them wants to be a CRO. She's younger as well. It's like, okay, well, you got to figure out what a CRO does, how they think, how they got there. So I advised her to go talk to CROs and I guess what? they will talk to you, you know, like, it's amazing. You just have to reach out and be like, Hey, you know, I'd I'd love to learn or I'm looking for a mentor. And you've said two things. One is you put it out there. You let your company know, like, this is my career goals and make sure that they're aligned with that and that you're all working together. I believe that everybody's responsible for their own career journey. No one else is going to do it for you, but you can enroll people and either your manager, other people in the company or mentors and coaches to help continue to develop the skills that are needed. But if people don't know what you're going for, it's really hard to help. So you've been involved in WISE. What is so important for you about building your network? I've gotten a ton of value from WISE. One of the things you just mentioned, like mentors. So I actually got a mentor for myself out of that. She is a a general manager at a software company and um, her next step is CRO. So it's been really cool for me to talk with her about like where she's going and some advice she has being um, more experienced than I am. So I I am loving the mentoring aspect of that. Actually just got one of the AEs on, on one of my teams into the program as well. So Really being able to, I talked early on, like sharing success as a group and motivating those around you to like get to their next level. Wise creates a lot of great opportunities for that. And a network that is nice to just have outside of your company. Everyone's got a great network within their company, but getting perspective, a different set of ears and eyes is is incredibly valuable. So... 100%. Like I, I learn more in my Friday CMO coffee talks than, than I do reading a book or, you know, spending time. And, and it's, it goes back to learning from people like you, getting inspiration. They're solving or they're facing the same challenges and just hearing and learning how different people address those. But uh, just want to congratulate you so much on, on your selection and being involved and being a leader in your company and, and so successful. Thank you for inspiring our listeners today. This has been the Hey Salespeople podcast with Lauren Lynch. Once again, WISE is sponsoring this future female CROs list. We hope you are enjoying the series. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. This was Sales Loft and WISE's future female CROs. Check back next week for another episode featuring an outstanding female CRO of tomorrow. And until next time, this was Sydney Sloan from Sales Loft. And Alex Adamson from Women in Sales Everywhere.